7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Thank you, Greg, and a very good evening, and thank you for joining us on the show. And not alone as usual, Luyolam Kalip and Katlako Mudiba are the producers, and Babalam Duma is with us in technical this evening. We are going to go over to Europe to catch up with uh, former Kaiser Chiefs midfielder and Bafana Bafana International, of course, Sipiwe Chabalala, who seems to have finally found his feet in Turkey. He was uh, awarded with the Man of the Match Award in his club's last game. It was a 1-0 win in the league this past weekend. So he seems to have slowly found his feet there in Turkey after a slow start at Shaba. And we'll catch up with him just to find out about his progress and how the football is going there in Turkey. Talking about football, it's also a big night for our senior national women's team, Banyana Banyana. They face Mali tonight in the semi-finals of the women's AFCON and they win against Mali this evening in Ghana. Will not only guarantee qualification for the final, but also secure a place at next year's FIFA Women's World Cup in France. And if that happens, then they will become the first Banyana Banyana side to qualify for the FIFA Women's World Cup. Cup. If they don't get through today, uh, they still have a chance in the bronze medal playoff match uh, because uh, the top three teams from this women's AFCON qualify for the World Cup but hopefully they can get the job done today and go all the way and lift the trophy also at the women's AFCON. So we'll go over to Ghana. We've got SABC Sports reporter Lebo Hang Dube who's there and uh, he'll give us a preview in the build-up to the game and we'll also chat to SAFA President uh, Denny Jordan about this big moment and this big occasion for Banyana Banyana. It is a Tuesday so we always like to talk careers in sport and in our feature this evening we will uh, talk to cyclists Nicholas Zamini. He rides with Team Dimension Data for Kubega and has been nominated for the prestigious Laurier Sport Awards and he will talk to us about his incredible uh, journey uh, to become a professional cyclist in June 2017. He won the King of the Mountains category at the Under-23 Giro d'Italia which was a first for an African and he's made some tremendous progress uh, since then in Nicholas Zamini and we'll talk to him about his uh, journey. Feel free to join the conversation at any time on 0891-104-207. Our SMS line is 40938 on WhatsApp 0614104107. We also take voice notes there and it's hashtag SAFM spot on on social media. Our first stop will be Ghana. SAFM leading the conversation. Okay, uh, we are going to go to Ghana shortly. But before we go to Ghana, let me remind you that Ispani worried about work, having a career crisis. Don't panic. Watch Ispani. Catch us on SABC One every Tuesday at 2 p.m. and get on the presser. Push up on the path to your future. Get your grind going with our hustlers as they share their journey to the working world. What better way to prepare than learning from hustlers making it happen? Ispani, SABC One, Tuesdays at 2, brought to you by SABC education and reaching minds and reaching lives leading sport stories of the day on SAFM
Okay, so excitement is building ahead of the big clash for Banyana Banyana. I've been on social media today. So many people are looking forward to this one. Some are excited, some are nervous. Bafana have done Banyana Banyana rather have done very well so far in this competition, and they are now one step away from reaching uh, the FIFA World Cup. And let's go to our man Lebohang Dube, SABC Sports reporter, who's been in Ghana with the team. Uh, good evening, Lebo, and thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. Okay, Lebu, can you hear me now? Okay, we can seem to hear Lebuhang Dube there. He has been with the team for a couple of days now, and we just wanted to find out from him how our preparations are going for this one. What is the team saying? How's the crowd? We've seen our ambassador in Ghana, Umamululu Klingwane. She's been there. She's been supporting the team throughout uh, with a handful of other South Africans there in their national team, uh, Jesus, and it's good to see the support that Banyana Banyana have been getting, uh, not only here at home, on social media and on the various platforms that people have been expressing their views on, but also at the stadium. There have been a few South African flags flying high there in Ghana, and I'm sure they've not been disappointed by the action so far. Let's try Lebohang Dube again. Lebohang, can you hear us? I can hear you, Chaviso. Okay, great stuff. I can also hear you. I was saying, firstly, good evening, and thank you for joining us on SAFM. Thank you very much, Tavisu, and uh, let me take this moment to pass my greetings to the SAFM. You've been with the team now for a couple of days. What sense are you getting from them ahead of this important match? Is it nerves, or are they confident? Well, Tavisu, yesterday, you know, at the final training session ahead of this game, uh, you could sense that the nerves were starting to creep in, uh, but the players remain confident. You know, the spirit is high, um, and I think that is a result of uh, the games they played in the stages where they were able to accumulate seven points in the two matches that in Nigeria and they could go continuously. Ooh, Lebo, can you hear me now? Okay, we seem to have lost uh, Lebo Hang Dube there. We're going to try and get him back on the line, senior SABC sports reporter. But we also did have a chat with Gloria Brown, a former Banyana Banyana player, of course, an SABC sport analyst. And uh, she, um, very passionate, of course, about women's footballer Gloria Brown. And she also spoke to us about Banyana Banyana. And I think let's probably hear from Gloria Brown first. And then we're going to try and get Lebo Hang Dube on the line. Well, uh, to be fair and honest, it's every player's dream to participate at the AFCON and make a name for yourself. And hopefully the scouts out there are looking. And as we realize that with the Banyana Banyana current team, it is a team that has got a few players that are playing abroad. So personally, it's definitely an occasion to cherish and one that um, everyone really looks forward to. What's, imp- what's impressed you the most, Gloria, about this Banyana Banyana team uh, so far in this tournament? Well, the, 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 the blend of the youth and experience, uh, bringing in the young players from the under-2011, like Linda, and uh, bringing in the experienced um, uh, players like uh, Vila Ghazi on the left-hand side, Smeard has been around. But uh, again, it's just the team effort, the cohesion, and the technical team that is showing and growing in leaps and bounds um, in terms of um, where they are with the results and also showing that uh, they are learning as they go along. 
And I think the impressive results just uh, give us more and more confidence as a nation to say, let's get behind this team and get behind the technical team and let's support them a lot more than we have ever before. You, you touched on players playing overseas and there are a couple in this team. How important is it to have those players with that overseas experience? Absolutely important. As you can see, the mental development, uh, the players' technical and tactical attributes uh, can be seen for anyone. I mean, uh, Tembi Khatlana is one of those players that is playing in the U.S., and one can only but marvel the technique that she's displaying at this tournament. She's the top goal scorer at the bottom, her positioning, her running off the ball, and we can only but look at those as the positives. And that is something that we didn't have the opportunity before, and we are seeing it paying so much dividends. You go to defense and you look at Janine van Veik, very calm, very composed, and experienced as next to none, you know. Um, we can only but really appreciate the fact that the players are being recognized uh, by, by, by coaches across the world and around the world. Mm. And what, would, we, what would, would it mean for the team and just for women's football as a whole uh, if Banyana do qualify for this World Cup next year? Well, Tabiso, for one, is that uh, the Banyana Banyana have never, ever qualified for the World Cup. And uh, if I could say, and I'm sure a lot will back me, that this is the time. This is the moment for Banyana Banyana to really realize their dream. They've gone to the Olympics twice. Um, and uh, for them to really get this tournament started with a blaze and a, a very, very good win against Nigeria can only but give them the confidence that we need. More so as well is the fact that we have three seeds for the first time on uh, the African continent to represent uh, Africa at uh, the World Cup. Um, it, it can only but grow um, South African football. It can only but put pressure as well in the administrative structures of SAFA to say, we have a product in women's football, a product that is selling itself under the current circumstances and still doing very well. We don't have to host a tournament to qualify for such big occasions. The under-17 has just come back from the World Cup. The under-20s have also put in a great display. And here's Banyana Banyana on the brink of qualifying for the World Cup. It can be the year where women's football can say, we are proud, the job has been done by the technical team and everyone involved. And again, it goes to show the sharing of the information by the coaches as well, from the junior level all the way up to Banyana Banyana. And on that note, Gloria, I was about to ask, what is it about our ladies' teams that they keep punching well above their weight and above expectations, despite still not having that professional league that people have been calling for? In summary, it's the love and it's playing for the badge. It's not about the money. You know and I know that the incentives can be better, but they're not complaining about the incentives. They're appreciating what is put before them. And more than anything, it's the honor to represent your country. It is the glory and uh, something that no one can t- ever take away from you. And uh, they, they're doing the job and, and not complaining. You know, I, I still remember uh, what Seb Blatter said, that the future of football is feminine. And this is exactly what you're talking about. You know, Tibis, I'd also take you back and say, look at this game. Look at the number of fouls. Look at the goals that are being scored. Look at the technique. And just look at the spirit in which these games are being played. And one can only but compliment the women's game. And from the sidelines, what has Coach Desiree Alice brought to this team? What have you, have you seen? Look, Desiree has learned from the best. She's showing that uh, 
any African or local coach can do the job. She's understanding the game. She understands the players. She's rubbed shoulders with their coaches. And again, it does show that she's shopping around. She's bringing in new players and not tampering too much. But most importantly is the manner in which she's managed the players. She's managed the players and also looked at the opposition and they've done their technical work. And they normally say, you're as good as the people that are around you. And I think, again, she is complimented by very sincere people and very hardworking people. They burn the midnight oil in terms of tactically dissecting the opposition and making sure they prepare well. And they've done exceptionally well thus far. And finally, is it possible, Gloria Brown, is it possible Banyana Banyana can go all the way to France? I have no doubt about that. I have no doubt about that. If this is one tournament where we would expect Banyana Banyana to be at the World Cup, it is now. So those are the views of former player and SABC sports analyst and commentator Gloria Brown. Very confident that Banyana Banyana will go all the way to the World Cup in France. Let's hear from the president of SAFA now, Dr. Denny Jordan and Fanad. How is he uh, feeling ahead of this game? Mr. President, good evening and thank you for joining us on SAFM. Good evening. And uh, it's probably one of the most important nights in in the women's football history. I was about to ask, are you as nervous as the rest of us ahead of tonight's clash or are you quietly confident, Mr. President? Confident but nervous. You know, it's been a long road. You must know the team first uh, had to play for to qualify for AFCON. Uh, then they played in the Kosafa Cup and they managed to beat Cameroon 1-0 in the final and, and retained their title as Kosafa champion. Uh, so clearly they've shown that they are the best team in the Southern African region. Uh, and now they have shown that they're one of the best on the continent. And I think the, the trip to Chile has helped uh, and, and uh, the continued preparation and camps and uh, training matches and international friendly matches. I think uh, probably the best preparation that the team has for many, many years. And so we all look forward to tonight's game. Uh, they have beaten all the teams that uh, were the defending champions or champions of the women's AFCON. They beat Nigeria, they beat Cameroon yeah, in, in Port Elizabeth, and they beat uh, Equatorial Guinea. I just said to them that you'll beat uh, the three teams that were champions of women's AFCON. Uh, Mali is their first time that they in this. Uh, and so uh, you're showing the quality and you should prevail tonight. So uh, we'll see. Mm. And what would it, what what will it mean, Mr. President, for the women's game if this team qualifies for the World Cup in France next year? Well, <clears throat> you know, uh, we want to launch a national league for for women next year, yes. and so um, a victory will, will boost uh, women's football. We're now approaching five hundred thousand women footballers in our country, so we've seen tremendous growth uh, of women footballers, uh, and uh, we want that national league to, to to make sure that there is a higher level than the provincial competition of Sasso. 
meaning a national competition. And I think that will give us sustainable success uh, at the international level. Uh, of course, Banyana has been to two, uh, two consecutive qualifications for the Olympics 2012 and 2016, yes. but never to the World Cup. So this is uh, something that we've never achieved, and I think we have uh, high quality uh, in that team, and uh, they've worked hard, they've come a long way, but the hour of truth has arrived tonight, so we want to wish them well, and we are confident that they can uh, take care of Mali tonight. And commercially, I'm sure it will also be a big boost for the women's game and for the association if they do qualify for the World Cup? Yes, absolutely. You know, I mean, women's sport in general in this country are poorly supported in terms of commercial partners. Cecil has been the shining example and has started with Banyana and all the success has been through the support of, of uh, Sasso, but we need other commercial partners to grow and strengthen women's football, and we hope that uh, when the commercial partners can see the success and the individual brilliance of players uh, in, in that Banyana team, that uh, will change. Uh, already for the National League for women's uh, football, we have interest from commercial partners, and I think a qualification for the uh, World Cup in France next year will certainly uh, add to uh, the desire of commercial partners to associate with the team. Of course, what we also uh, already wrote a letter to FIFA to indicate to them our interest uh, for the 2023 World Cup. Mm. And, and so we are hoping that if a team qualifies and go to the World Cup, 2019, and we get the right to host 2023, that that team will be able to challenge seriously uh, at an international level. Uh, so it's all hangs on uh, tonight's performance. Having said that, though, credit must also go to the current sponsor, Sasol, as you mentioned. I mean, they've backed this team, Mr. President, through thick and thin, and sometimes the sponsors never really get that credit that they deserve. Yes, absolutely. And you see, Sasso is not just giving the money and staying away. There is a representative of Sasso there in Accra, in Ghana, as we speak, has been there with the team from the beginning. Uh, wherever uh, Banyana plays, they are there, showing the act of support, showing the interest. And also, what we must not forget, is the academic qualifications of that team. Many of those players went to the United States uh, and studied there at universities. Some of them have just come back now after <clears throat> graduating in the United States. And some of them are staying now doing their master's uh, and PhDs. Of course, the studies have interrupted them from playing in the team of Banyana. But uh, Banyana also has got a high level of uh, academic success in those players uh, running onto that pitch who are graduates from you know, the best universities in the world. So we are very proud of all of the achievements of Panyana, but as I say, the, we have to cross that bridge tonight.
Mm. I remember we had um, the Vice President Riali Dwaba the other day on the show and Safa has always encouraged our players to go overseas and would you say now Banyana Banyana are now reaping the rewards of having some of these players play, playing their trade abroad? Uh, yes, uh, of course we have two in, in Australia also now. Yes. Um, uh, Rafila Jane is, is there and Maluleke. Well, she is not in the team, but uh, she is scoring goals there. Uh, and their team, their club, who was a middle table club, are now top. And uh, you can see the impact of our two players there in Australia. In the United States, of course, Linda is a star player in the United States uh, with Houston Dash. And, uh, well, Janine uh, is coming back now. Mm. Uh, Kayleen Swart was there. Uh, she is back. So many of our players are uh, wanted all over the world. And after this AFCON, I'm sure that many more would, would go uh, to play in, uh, overseas in the big leagues. But we want them here to build the, the stature of our own league in South Africa. Mm. And also credit to the coach. I mean, she's been through the systems at Safa from player to now coach Desiree Alice, and she's really, really taken up to this uh, a job and has done a very good job so far. You must be delighted with that. Yes, yes, we are very proud of, of what Desiree has uh, uh, achieved. Of course, what we have done, we, we brought uh, Vera Powell in uh, and asked Vera to stay for two years. Uh, Desiree was the assistant coach. Uh, and then it's always a difficult question to say, is she now ready? Mm. Uh, you see, because the problem with women coaches, unlike men, if they are coaches of our national team uh, and they lose their job, they go to the clubs in the PSL and they coach there. For women, if you lose your post at a national level, there's no option. There's nowhere else to coach because the next league is the Sasso League. And that's why also we said we should have a national league, at least as opportunity. But I think uh, Desiree has shown uh, she's won back-to-back Kosapa uh, Cups. And uh, she's qualified for this AFCON. And now she's on the verge of getting into the final of AFCON for the first time and qualifying for the World Cup. Uh, in France for the first time. So uh, if she wins tonight, she would have the best achievement of uh, a woman coach uh, or any coach of Banyana in our entire history. And that would be uh, a great credit for her dedication and hard work. Does it matter to you how they qualify for the World Cup, Mr. President? Would you prefer that they go all the way and they win the women's AFCON or you just want them to be in France? No, they must be in France. You know, uh, when you play in a knockout in a semi-final, and people often tell you, uh, pretty football uh, is a second option. Uh, whether it is ugly football or whatever football, you want to clinch the match. You want to clinch the place in France. And that is all that counts. And, of course, the coach will look at... Uh, the progression of the play and the developments on field and make the adjustment. For us, it doesn't matter. Uh, we want to qualify. Mm.
And this team always quietly goes about their business. They don't make noise. It's us in the media that makes noise about money, about bonuses. But I'm sure you've got something up your sleeve if they do go all the way to France next year to reward them. Yes, yes. Now we will, we will reward them and we must reward them. And I indicated uh, to you that uh, <clears throat> the only sponsor we have is Sasso. And so uh, we'll have to find additional money to reward. Uh, because they work hard. You know, you just see them now when they play in the tournament or the matches. But they have the in prolonged camp for months uh, over the period. Uh, grinding out, training, running, uh, working hard, you know. Uh, and the success is the result of hard work. Uh, very often, you know, you see uh, Usain Bolt uh, run uh, 9.6 in 100 meters. Uh, and then it's over. But to achieve that, he worked months and months of hard work, sweating alone. And, and that is what's required in, in, in sport. <clears throat> when you get onto the field, it's only then that people see you. But they, what they don't see is the months of hard work and training and pain that you've endured to reach that level. And that's so why we said to them, you've worked too hard. Uh, you've come too far to turn back now. You must tonight uh, close the deal. And finally, that women's league, is it still penciled in for next year, April? Is everything still going according to plan? Yes. Uh, in December, of course, is the uh, Sasso playoffs because we have nine provincial winners that comes to the Sasso finals. Those nine teams will automatically qualify for uh, promotion into the National League. And then the two PFL clubs that are there Bloemfontein Celtic and Mamelodi Sundowns will also uh, receive automatic promotion. So that will give us 11 teams. The 12th team will be the university team. And I'm informed that uh, University of Johannesburg are the champions of the university league. So that will be our 12 teams. And uh, we will see uh, in December uh, the level of competitiveness amongst uh, these teams. Of course, there are many great players uh, who are playing in other parts of the, the continent. Uh, you saw the team from Zambia, uh, from uh, Nigeria, Cameroon. Uh, and, and these uh, players, I'm sure, uh, the clubs will look for these players and, and put them uh, into their teams. And so we, we look at some of the foreign-based players that will come and play in South Africa in the National League. Okay, great stuff, Mr. President. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I think we are all quite confident that they can get the job done against Mali tonight. Thank you very much for joining us on the line. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you, Safa President, Dr. Denny Jordan there. Uh, we have found our man in Ghana, SABC Sports reporter Lebohang Dube. We've got him on a better line and we'll speak to him after this break. From buy-ins to buy-outs and goodbyes in a cutthroat world of business, it's dog eat dog. Go with the flow, swim with the sharks. What's your game plan? Will it grow the margins? Make a clean sweep. It's in the bag, done and dusted. If your business approach screams jargon, take your leadership skills to the next level with an NQF Level 9 accredited Master of Business Leadership from UNISA's Graduate School of Business Leadership. Applications close on the 30th of November. Visit the UNISA SPL website to apply. 
here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 107.1 FM in Seapoint. So it said. 8.30 kickoff tonight. Banyana Banyana up against Mali. The first time that they are meeting. The other semi-final is between Nigeria and uh, Cameroon. And we're also going to speak to Spiwa Chabalala uh, shortly. But let's go all the way to Ghana now. We've got Lebohang Dube uh, back. Thank you, Lebohang, again for uh, joining us. You were saying that you're sensing a bit of nerves ahead of the game? Uh, so well, yesterday, uh, the players, you know, training, you could feel that the nerves, or you could sense that the nerves were creeping in. But they remain, they remain confident, you know, ahead of the fixture. And I think the confidence comes from the previous three matches that they played. The tough encounters, especially the Nigeria and Zambia game. But they were able to grind their results in seven points. And I think hence, uh, you know, the players were confident ahead of the fixture against Mali. But they did note, and they're wary of the Malians, quick of the ball, quick with the ball. Uh, and, and I think they're, they're expecting a physical game, you know, as expected from the West Africans. But, you know, the spirits are high in camp. And I, I think, you know, even now when they arrived at the stadium, they were singing uh, into, as they went into the change room. So they're confident and you can see that they're looking up, they're looking forward to this match. And what is the media, what are the locals saying ahead of this match? Who's the favourite here since they're meeting for the first time? Look, Tommy, so I mean, the team uh, arrived in Cape Coast for their first two uh, group match, matches against Nigeria and Kotori Guinea. And, uh, you know, the supporters were behind, I mean, the locals were behind uh, the South African the South African team. And I think also today that behind the South African team, uh, just now, you know, uh, reps from uh, Cecil and then some staff officials just arrived at the stadium with South African flags. And you can see, you know, the locals running towards them to grab a South African flag. So I think, uh, you know, the, the, the locals are looking forward to South Africa, uh, you know, winning against, uh, against Ghana. We, you know, take back the relationship back to 2010 when Ghana was the only African team remaining at the 2010 World Cup. And they were, you know, uh, named Bagana Bagana. So <laughs> I think, you know, they are returning the favor as well at this time on Banyana Banyana. And what can you tell us about this Mali side? What can we expect from them? Look, Mali has got uh, five players uh, who look quite dangerous. Uh, I know they're number 10 and number 11. They're, they're, they're quite quick. Uh, they've got the pace. They're quite a physical side. Uh, they're a team that is also obviously looking to, to qualify for the World Cup for the first time. The two sides are, you know, are meeting for the first time. But when you look at the previous matches, when they played against uh, Cameroon and Ghana, you could feel, you could, you could see the physical, uh, you know, uh, aspect of, of the team and how they they they, they pushed around their, their opponents in search of of those goals. And but unfortunately, against uh, Algeria, they seem to struggle a bit. But when you look, when you compare the two teams, Banyana and and, and Mali, you could see that Banyana have had better preparation compared to their counterparts. But I think, uh, you know, they should be cautious of how quick the Malians are with the ball. You say that the team is back at the Cape Coast Stadium now after playing the last group match against Zambia in Accra. Does it help that they are in familiar territory? I think it helps a lot. When you look at the game in Accra, you could see that the Banyana Banyana was struggling. Um, and the coach did, did uh, mention that, you know, they struggled on the pitch in Accra. And you can get a sense that they got used to the pitch uh, at the Cape Coast, although they never had any training session um, at, at the stadium, but I think over time they got used to the pitch. It's quite a thick, uh, the, the, the layer of grass is quite thick, so the ball doesn't move as quick um, as they would love it to move, but I think they got used to it. And I think 
Hence, because Mali it will be the first time that they play here, it will be an advantage on Banyana Banyana having been used to, 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 to the pitch and being used to the fans. And then just the, the, the entire environment. I mean, it's quite humid as compared to Accra, where it is uh, very hot. So here it's more humid conditions, uh, closer to the coast. So I think they've gotten used to it and they've adapted to, uh, to the territory. Temi Khatana has already scored four goals and she's the leading goal scorer in this tournament. I'm sure she'll be closely marked tonight. How big will she be for uh, Banyana in this game tonight? I mean, she's a big player for, for the team. Uh, she's gotten those goals uh, for, for South Africa in the group stages. Uh, four goals out of three matches. We know she started off the bench against the Nigeria game. Uh, the Nigeria game. So she is a key player uh, for the team. But when you look back again at the Zambian match, you could see that Defenders from, from the Zambia here were, were looking closely on her, and then, you know, they made sure that they don't give her space. She got that one opportunity. She struck a, a wonderful goal, uh, which, uh, you know, uh, gave Banyana Banyana the lead. Unfortunately, Zambia equalized minutes later. But again, she's, she's a very key player in the team. Her pace up front, her skill as well. And this time around, uh, Coach Desu Ellis has decided to start with Jermaine Soposeme. And the combination, you could see the combination between the two players, you know, uh, they are also roommates. So obviously they discussed, uh, uh, you know, that game as well. And you can see the combination between the players. They have, there's a better understanding when you look at how they play and how they, they, they pass each other the ball and how they make the runs as well. And in how Jermaine actually fights for the ball to be able to supply uh, Tembi. In the game against the Kotoro Gini, uh, she was uh, one of the assists came from Jermaine, uh, which Tembi made sure that she put uh, behind the net. So she is a key player uh, when you look at the entire team. Uh, in the Banyana Banyana squad. Okay, we wish them all the best of luck and keep us updated. Lebohang Dube, SABC Sports Reporter, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you. That's our main in Ghana there, Lebohang Dube. Up next, we'll speak to Spiwe Chabalala. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. So let's move right along then because we saw the headlines over this past weekend. Sapiwe Chabalala help, helping his team uh, to a 1-0 win against Antalyspor, uh, getting the Man of the Match award. And he joins us on the line now all the way from Turkey just to catch up on his progress and to find out how things are going there. Shaba, good evening and thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM. Yeah, good evening to you and the listeners. And thanks for having me on the show. Well, I mean, you seem to be finding your feet in Turkey now, Shaba, even getting that Man of the Match award. Would you say that you're settling in now nicely that side? Um, not not yet. I'm not there yet, but um, it, it, it's a slow progress, but it, it, it's still progress. I'm happy that, you know, I'm slowly uh, settling in. Mm. How do you look back at that at that last game over the weekend? Um, it was it was a good game. I think um, you know um, most important win, you know, and we we played well as a team. Obviously, I think we we needed it the most. But personally, I'm 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 happy, you know, with the opportunity that was given to me. You know, the game time, and I really enjoyed myself. And yeah, I think I should have scored at least one goal. You know, um. I got good chances, but um, Segla could not convert. Mm. Would you say it's your best game since you arrived, or one of your best games since you've been there? Yeah, definitely one of one of my best games, and yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed myself, and you know, um, the, the crowd was amazing. You know, they were fully behind me, and it was it was just 
so special and, and humbling, you know, to, to receive so much love in a foreign country. You say you're still settling in, you haven't settled yet. What are you still adjusting to? Um, it's, it's, you know, it's the language, the, you know, the, 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 the style of play, you know, the, the philosophy. And, yeah, I mean, when I first arrived, I, I had challenges with, with, you know, the style of play, the, the Turkish mentality as well. So, uh, and then the new coach came in. You know, there were a lot of changes and, and, and good ones. And, yeah, I mean, I had a chat with the coach. And he, he told me that, you know, he wants to give me a chance and he won't rush me. So he just gave me a bit of time just to get you, uh, used to the whole setup. And Hensa said that, you know, it's a, it's a slow progress, but at least it's progress. Mm. And how is the mentality? What is the Turkish mentality at that side? I think they, they, they are too, you know, too physical and, yeah, like too physical and, and you know, you, you, you need to think quickly because there's, there's not um, enough space. So those, those are the challenges that I had, especially the, you know, the physical part. But in, in terms of playing, you know, I, I think I've, I've settled in very well because, uh, you know, technically I'm good. Mm. And do you find yourself being a marked man, considering that you're an international, of course? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, people were excited, you know, to to have me here, and they were, they were looking forward to to seeing me play. And I think I I, I showed that uh, you know I can play, and I deserve to be here. You know, from from the previous game. And how how were you able to handle those expectations on you? Because as you mentioned, I mean, there was huge fanfare when you signed for the club. Was it was it tough, or was it something that you were used to? I'd say it was it was it was it was it was humbling, uh, you know, that uh, so many people they 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 excited to have me here, and and uh, on the other hand, you know. It was that bit of uh, pressure that you know what this this is a new challenge in a chapter. You're in a foreign country, and yes, people are excited to have you. Here. They they welcomed you, you know, at the airport. I mean, they even drove you to the training center. There was a convoy, so everything was like uh, happening so fast. I couldn't even walk in the shopping center. You know, there was so much love, and the only way to to show my gratitude was was, you know, uh, doing well on the field, you know, and it hasn't been easy, but now it, 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 it's starting to, you know, to get there. Mm. And and will things be a bit easier when you start getting to grasp with the language? Are you taking classes? Are you trying to learn it? Yeah, it will definitely get easier, especially with, with, with uh, you know, the communication side, you know, and I'm... I'm I'm trying a little bit. It, it's a bit difficult, but I'm, I'm at the moment I'm self-educating myself. And with the club that you had, Shaba uh, Azum Spore, um, wh- what are the expectations? You've moved away now from the relegation zone. You've been able to pick up points. What what do they expect at this club? Yeah, it's it's, it's I think it's to you know to do well uh, to to get as many points as we can. You know, at the moment we are out of the relegation zone, but 
uh, if you can see the the, the point difference, it's, it's very very you know uh, minimal. So there's still a lot to play for, and it's got uh, you know four games to go, uh, two home and two away, and it's tough games. But we you know we we are doing well at the moment. We are in you know uh, high speed, and I, I just you know I trust that we'll continue with the with the good run. And position-wise, where are they playing you? We've seen some reports that they play you as a 10 or sometimes they play you on the wings. Where are they playing you at the moment? Uh, mostly as a number 10. But I, I, I played some games as, as you know, uh, um, a winger on, 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 on the other side. And, but mostly it's, it's number 10. Mm. And, and, and yeah. number 8 as well, yeah. And number eight, and you're comfortable wherever they play you, or would you like to stick to a certain position? No, I'm, 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 I'm comfortable, you know. And uh, I, I played, um, we played a cup game. Um, I played 100 and, yeah, 120 minutes. I think we, yeah, we got a red card. Then I was moved to number eight, and I was very comfortable. You know, I, I made a team play. I kept it simple, so um, yeah, I was comfortable in that position as well. You said you've got about four games left, and I see one of them is against Fenerbahce. Is that is is, is it still a big club? That side is it a, a big game for you guys? Yeah, it's a, it's a big game, and you know, Fenerbahce is a big team, and you know they even had a a, a great start. I think they they lying fifteen on the lock, so they're in an unfamiliar position. But they're still a big team, you know, with, with good players. And on this side, when, when you're playing away, you do feel that, you know, you, you are in, uh, in, in an unfamiliar territory. So it's very difficult playing away. You must know when you play away and you you get maximum points, then you you must consider yourself, like, uh, very, very lucky. So for us going there and, and playing for Nebashen, you know, Getting the points or even stealing the points would, would mean a lot you know, to us. It would be a valuable point. Mm. Talking about Fenerbahce, of course, a certain John Shuzmushewu played for them. There were a number of South Africans that played their football in Turkey. Do they tell you about those South Africans? Is there anyone in particular that they are still very fond of that side? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think um, you know, Turkish people, they, they, they love, you know, South Africa. They love uh, South African football. And you know they they still uh, talk about players that played here before. You know your 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 Steve Compella, uh, the late John Shoes Michel, uh, Fanny Madida. You know and, and our our physical trainer and one of the assistant coaches. They also worked with uh, Lebo Manyama and and uh, you know Stuart Baxter. Mm. So they're very fond of of South Africa. And for you, are you still happy with the decision that you made to go overseas and get that opportunity to play your trade abroad? I'm I'm very much happy, you know, uh, no regrets. And I knew that it wasn't going to be easy. First, it was not uh, an easy decision to take. You know, it it was uh, something that I, you know, I prayed hard for and it was a dream that one needs to pursue. And when when that dream finally came, you know, I had I had to take it. And playing it, it's a dream. I'm living my dream, you know. And as they say that with with you know, 
uh, great blessings come, uh, you know, greater challenges. And I've had those challenges, but you know, I need to, I need to keep going and and need you know to keep pushing. Oh, for sure. But how does it feel not being part of the Soweto derby? Were you following the action? Yeah, sadly I could not watch, you know, the games, but yeah, based on on on, on the results and you know the the report that I received, um, it was not good at all. You know, I I'm still attached to Kaiser Chiefs. I still love Kaiser Chiefs, and yeah, um, you know, I'm also disappointed that these things are not going well at the moment. But I I, I do believe that you know things will change. Uh, it's just a phase. You know, I've, I've been there, you know, there were times where things were not going well and fans are not happy, you know, but things will change. The team will bounce back. Well, Kumani on Twitter says, we must tell you, Shaba, that the derby, the derby defeats are increasing since you've left now. Hey, Shaba, <laughs> I, I, I think every every second second minute when, when I check, you know, on social media, especially on Instagram, the messages that I get, from from the supporters, I don't even know how to respond. You know, when they say, "Please come back, we need you, we need you," I don't even respond because I don't know how to respond. You know, such things they they make one you know get emotional. Uh, no, you are true. Kaiser achieves th- through thick and thin, as Piwe Chabalala. Power Twala says, Shaba, you will go far in football based on your attitude that you have. And we want to say thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. We just wanted to put a call through to you, find out how you're doing, and just give people uh, a bit of an update on your progress. No, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you very much there, Sipiwe Achabalala, who's now playing his football in a Turkey. A true shining example of what hard work and dedication get to because no one thought that he would go overseas. They all thought that the dream was over after he couldn't move following the 2010 FIFA World Cup. But he did manage to go overseas, Sipiwe Achabalala, showing that age is also nothing but a number. And he's very honest in his interview, saying he's not where he thinks would have been as far as his football is concerned in Turkey but he's gonna soldier on and keep going strong and I think that is the Pisipiwe Chabalala that we all know. We've got about 10 minutes left on the show and we're gonna wrap up with a careers in sport feature and we'll speak to professional cyclist Nicolas Zamini. Hey sweetie what's wrong love? Our relationship has not been the best recently Tamba and it needs some spicing up. I'm aware my love. That's why I have booked an appointment at Men's Clinic International. <laughs> oh, thank you, my babe. Women love a man who puts their needs first. Thank you, baby. Men's Clinic International, for help with your relationship difficulties. SMS help to 32110 or send a please call me to 072-315-2574. Jesus, please apply. SMSs cost one red. EFC hits Menlin on 8 December with two massive title fights. This Sunday, see the buildup as former champ Ruan Pa prepares to take on the gigantic American Jared Bandera for the interim heavyweight title. Plus, the best females clash as the USA's Cheyenne Velismas and the Italian champ Chiara Penko fight it out for EFC Gold. The countdown to EFC Menlin this Sunday at 10 p.m. on SABC3. Brought to you by SABC Sports. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM.
Okay, so let's speak to the man of the moment, uh, Nicolas Lamini, making tremendous uh, progress on the cycling circuit and has been nominated now for the Laureus Sporting Moment of the Month for November. And he joins us on the line. Nicholas, good evening and thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. Uh, thanks so much, um, Tabiso. I think you, um, you're really a legend. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me in your live radio show. Uh, Good to be back on air again. <laughs> Great stuff. It takes one to know one, Nicholas. Uh, I see you back home. Is it off-season? Are you taking a break? Um, yeah, yes. I mean, it's off-season, but um, I'm actually back training after being off the bike for about three weeks. So, um, yeah, it's really good to be back and um, getting things uh, and all the preparations uh, for next year going. Um, yeah, it's, it's good motivation and, uh, yeah, quite looking forward to next year. And how has 2018 been for you? You happy with your progress and your achievements? Ah, uh, to be honest, um, athletes never really get enough, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, with all that I've achieved this year, I'm really happy. I mean, I am a near pro to um, to think of, uh, and being able to to achieve all the, the achievements I've achieved this year, I think um, it's been really a good year. And uh, hopefully, going forward for the future, I can have uh, many more and maybe better results going forward. Yeah. Well, you made a bit of history this year uh, wearing the leader's jersey at a World Tour race when you put on the King of the Mountains at the Tour Under in Adelaide and then also winning the King of the Mountains jersey at the Tour of Britain two months ago. You're not happy with that? No, no, I'm really happy with that. Um, I think uh, I've won the King of the Mountains in the baby Giro last year. And uh, I think um, stepping up a little bit and winning... um, a jersey such such as high as uh, the king of the mountain and a world to race, I think that was uh, that was phenomenal and uh, obviously a tour for Tinazo. I think um, that's really a good inspiration to myself as well to, to sort of keep going and uh, and basically know that I can I can do better as well. And how is it to be part of Team Dimension Data for Kubega, having been promoted from the feeder team and riding alongside the likes of Mark Cavendish? Ah, it's a it's a big difference, obviously looking into the theater team and obviously now in the World Tour team. Uh, everything is done professionally, and um, yeah, I, I've I've learned a lot, obviously from all the experienced guys in the in the team, and uh, yeah, and for that I'll always be grateful. And obviously, Team Dimension Data itself is a great platform for African riders to showcase their talent on the international circuit. And um, yeah, I'm glad to be part of the team and uh, basically realizing my dream with the, with the South African team. Growing up in Capricorn Park in Cape Town, was it always a dream to become a professional cyclist, Nicholas? Ah, uh, yes, I've always dreamt of being a professional cyclist. Uh, growing up, as well, even though I've got a background of running, um, yeah, when I started cycling at the age of twelve, I've, I've always had it at, at the back of my mind that um, I'd really love to be a professional cyclist one day. And um, I mean, it's stored, it's, it's really stored by a letter, you know, where you'd like to watch people racing on TV. I um, mean, guys like my Cavendish, I mean, I've always watched him racing on TV. And the next thing I wanted to meet him, when I got to meet him, I wanted to ride with him. And, um, yeah, basically to be teammates with him now, it's, uh, it's an incredible feeling to be honest. You spoke about your riding, and I remember reading a story, an interview Ryan Sands did, and he once told the story of how he tried to get you to do trail running, but you were hell-bent on being a cyclist and going to the Tour de France. Why cycling? Um, so cycling is really a nice sport, you know. Um, you, you basically obviously keep healthy, and you can, it's, it's quite easy to, to get around. I mean, if you look at uh, 
places now, people always want to drive to, to a certain places. And for me to go to Chapman's Peak or to the Table Mountain, I ride my bike. So it basically allows you to explore and basically see life differently as well because the amount of discipline you get on on basically doing sport is just enormous. So I guess for me, it's basically just being outdoors and enjoying the time uh, outside and basically obviously riding for Quebec as well. That's basically really a phenomenal thing for us. uh, I mean, when we suffer out there, we know we're suffering for a good purpose, for a good cause. Uh, basically riding to to put more kids in South Africa on bicycles. Mm. I'm going to ask you a stereotype question that I'm sure you've been asked a million times before. All of us grew up playing soccer in the townships. How were you introduced to cycling? Um, I actually started cycling at the, at the age of 12 uh, through a friend of mine called Wuisam uh, Kolombani. He was, uh, he was a cyclist then, and um, yeah, whenever he came back from training, he would tell me about his training, and I really just got fascinated. And I thought to myself, um, I might as well give it a go. And um, yeah, and when I started, I just, I just couldn't let go of it. I, just, I thought I'd actually just go out and, um, and just ride my bike. And funny enough, I mean, on my first ride, I was actually the slowest rider, and I was basically asked to, to turn around and go home because I was actually keeping the other guys behind. And, mm. um, yeah, and since then I started training hard. And, um, yeah, I'm really glad to, to have all the positive structured people around me that are sort of helping me to realize my dream and basically, um, yeah, basically getting me where I am today. And at which stage, Nicholas, did you realize that you could actually be a pro now and you could actually earn a living out of cycling? Um. It was when I was 17. Uh, I did a small race in front who called uh, the Cape Rouleur. Um So I, I did that event, which is uh, four days of racing. And I got, I got to race with the likes of Cole Platt, who's won uh, the Cape Epic many times, and uh, the rest of his teammates. And um, I raced against them, and I was doing really good. And uh, Stephen Roach was there as well. So he, so he saw me riding, and... Uh, then he basically told me that I've got the potential to, to be a professional rider and um, if, I, if I keep going and basically focus, I can basically get where I want to, where I want to be. And um, yeah, since that day, I always kept that in the back of my mind. And what, does it, what would you say it takes to succeed in this sport? Because I'm sure just like any other sport, you can't just rely on talent alone. Um, yeah, I mean, with talent, you can't really go far. It, all, it needs a bit of hard work as well. But, um, yeah, cycling is really a brutal sport, and you need to be prepared if you really want to be a professional in cycling. I mean, we, we race in Europe where the conditions are horrific, and if you basically go out there and you, you I mean, you get, you get your head kicked hard, and you basically come back to South Africa thinking to yourself, is this really for me? Um, but, yeah, I mean, going out there and basically working hard and uh, training as hard as all the other guys, then you actually you will actually basically find it easy. And, yeah, I think what's happening, you just have to enjoy it. Well, I guess with any other sport, if you do enjoy it, then you basically find your, your heart in it and basically work with the best people you can find. And, yeah, you, you've got all the means to, to go forward and be the best you, you want to be. And finally, what's the big goal for Nicolas Lamini? Um... As, as you know, I mean, um, I'm still a neo pro, so for me, it's more about developing and, and learning um, what type of rider I really am, and basically getting as much experience as possible, 
and maybe in the next couple of years then I uh, can sort of uh, go into the races like Tour de France and, and basically have the mindset of going in there and try and get a result instead of just being there and just participating. You know, I basically want to make a, a great impact when I do finally do the Tour de France. Okay, well, definitely we are confident that you'll get there, Nicholas. Thank you very much for finding time to speak to us on SAFM and we wish you all the best. Thank you, professional cyclist Nicolas Adlamini. Anything is possible. The world is there. It's open for all of us to play. Now we can dream big, guys. Here's Nicolas Lamini, who's definitely on his way to the Tour de France. What a lovely way to end our show tonight. Up next is the viewpoint with Mr. Ashraf Gara, the big hitter, none other than the legendary Yvonne Chaka Chaka Yo, the Princess of Africa, will be in studio.